0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Join us as we go Behind the Limelight.
1: And hello to you once again. Round 5, episode 5 of Behind the Limelight, the official Canberra Raiders podcast. And once again, joined by the Canberra Raiders media manager, Mr. Ben Pollock. Benny, how are you? Yeah, it's been a a tough week, to be honest. Plenty to get through, of course. Uh, We'll touch on the round four loss against Manly. We'll preview the round five match against the Dogs on Thursday night. We'll have a couple of guests coming in today. Some special boys, uh, more of the younger brigade here at the Canberra Raiders. Emre Gula and Jack Murchie will be introduced to those fellas uh, very, very soon. And we've also got a very special... Evergreen segment. This guy, it's going to be well worth the wait. So come join us as we go Behind the Limelight. Alright, let's uh, talk about the last game against Manly. Look, uh, it was none and three. We came in there with focus. The guys looked really focused uh, in the change rooms before they came out. Great start. you gets a try. We own that first five minutes. Then a couple of brothers named as Travoviches came back and carved us up.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if it, if it came down to them carving us up or us just not having uh, things in place They're defensively and, and a bit of effort lacking there. We missed some some pretty easy one-on-one tackles. Um, both those guys uh, then took advantage of that, and that's what good players do. Um, if um, if in the NRL, if you show any sign of weakness or any sign of uh, um, frailty in your defensive structures or or your effort, then it gets found out pretty quickly, and we were found out. they uh, mainly scored three quick tries and, and we were pretty much on the back foot from there and it was always going to be hard to get back into that game and it's disappointing because uh, the effort for the first three weeks, although we didn't get the win, was, was really there uh, and it probably wasn't on the weekend.
1: I thought they showed a lot of character though to come out in the second half and get themselves back into the game yep that was, uh, it was that, almost like a game of two halves at one stage yeah
2: that, and that's that's if there's one encouraging thing that came out of the game it is that I mean they got themselves into a position incredibly with 20 minutes to go where it looked as though they could have come back and, and actually won that game but uh, once again some ill discipline uh, crept into the game you know Joey Lallure knocked that ball out of uh, the returning player's hand they get a penalty march downfield and, and, and they iced the game so um you know those little those little things have um, have got to be addressed. Um, I know Ricky's um, you know was pretty blatant uh, was pretty sorry. What's the word? He was pretty blunt uh, in his assessment of the performance uh, in the post game media conference, and uh, he's drilled that into them again all this week. And I'm sure we're going to see a more committed side uh, take the park on Thursday night. <laughs>
1: Okay. Onwards and upwards, we've got a Thursday night game. A bit of a rarity for, for us Raiders people. Benny, huge day planned over there at GEA on Thursday night.
2: Yeah, it is. It's a massive one. Thanks to Match Day sponsor, Dare Ice Coffee. We're celebrating all things local rugby league, the CRRL promotion round. We've got uh, kicking off down there. Gates open at 530. Sees a local rugby league game uh, as the as a curtain raiser, which is awesome. The Vienne Blues up against the Yas Magpies. Uh, former Raiders captain Terry Campese, of course, the captain. And coach of the Queenbean Blues uh, still running around out there for them so going to be uh, an interesting and, and different way to open the, the afternoon I'm looking forward to seeing some local footy we're also going to have the junior relay at halftime with 10 of the local clubs represented so the little under sixes will kick things off with a little 50 metre dash and then we'll have the 100 metre uh, dashes there between all of the age groups moving up to under 16 and nice. uh, we're picking up a nice little $500 voucher from Hart Sport there so uh, plenty happening on the local front as we try and engage
1: our junior participants. It's great to see. It's almost like, remember back in the day on grand final day, they'd have those relays with uh, the current clubs? Yeah. It's, it's a great, great like to that. see that it stuff. It
2: is, and it's it, it's exciting for the kids to have a chance to run around on the footy. We see it every week with the mini footy, um, but to see all of those kids um, being involved, you know, and it's um, something that we've really been extending this year into post-match with the, the local rugby league juniors coming on and uh, getting a signed footy from each of the players as well, which is a, a new initiative. Uh, and also we've le- launched a new app which you can find on the App Store now uh, called Raiders Complete League which is a coaching app which is out there it's a free app Uh, it's an opportunity for junior coaches and junior rugby league participants to go on there there's a heap of vision there it is there's a heap of vision and videos on there involving uh, Canberra Raiders players NRL players doing drills and things like that to help uh, local league as well and it's a big emphasis for us uh, in this community
1: Oh that's wonderful stuff look we've got uh, the team has been announced in my hot little hand here Let's go through the side. Uh, The team to play the Bulldogs for Thursday night. Fullbacks, Jack Whiten. On one wing is Nick Cottridge. The centres, Croker is the skipper. And Joey Lewitt. Rapana on the other wing. The halves, Aidan Caesar... And Sammy Williams will be the 6 and 7. Now the forward pack, a few changes in this week's game. Soligolo stays at 8. Havili there at 9. Paulo will come off the bench and start in the rotation there. Tarpany, Whitehead and Luke Baton will be the lock forward. Now the bench, Kangano, good little debut last week. He retains his position there at jumper number 14. Boyd jumps back to the bench dynamis Louie and uh, young Knight Comes in to the side after making His debut, But the, the, the big change there yeah, well, the No
2: Austin. Austin And uh, probably the biggest one this week is Josh Parley, uh, Ricky's decided um, That his performance on the weekend uh, Wasn't up to scratch and he's moved him back To the extended bench so uh, Ricky's being pretty serious about the, the way that he wants the team to perform at the moment um, And obviously he's seen um, something there Last weekend that's made this decision for him To, to mix things up
1: well, it's all there for the boys to just to eat this all up and to come out there and to just have a great performance against the Bulldogs. I've been mentioned a little bit of wave of pressure there with someone that's going to know the Raiders A, B's, and Cs and all their patterns all too well in, in Dean Pay. So there's no hiding for them. They've got to run out there in front of a great home crowd, let's hope. I mean, if you're listening, get out there and support the boys and I say this as, as a humanitarian and a Raiders man, the best way to show your support is to support the boys out of any hole. Just like you would with your friends and family. They're part of the family. Get out there.
2: You're part of our family. Exactly. Raiders family. Exactly. Members, supporters. We, we we know how important you are. We know you're all doing it very tough at the moment, but I can tell you right now, and we're all doing it just as tough. And we'll yeah. be there Thursday night, you know, making sure that we're doing everything to make your night enjoyable. And hopefully uh, the players aim up on the field and put in a strong performance. Uh, not only uh, for the home fans, but for the free-to-air audience, which is this going a crowd across the Channel 9 um, audience as well so an opportunity for the boys to to really uh, make a statement and say we're back
1: it's always a good stage that channel nine stage and, and the boys seem to really bring out something extra of exactly what ben said look anger and frustration is nothing wrong with that just channeled in the right correct way um you know with the supportive channel it helps and i tell you what the boys love the support they feel it they feed off it And it just gives them that extra, that extra bit of kick when they're out there as well. So let's get them home against the dogs and let's get our season underway. That's my two cents, Ben.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Nick Rosteski.
1: Mr. Emre Gula and Jack Murchie. How are you, boys?
3: Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. How are you?
1: Not too bad, not too bad. Look, um, first of all, I just want to ask, uh, in, in junior football, when you're coming through the grades and you get picked to play for the junior Kangaroos, there's always that pressure. They're saying, oh, once you get picked to play for the Roos, you're always guaranteed to get picked up by a first-grade club. Do you feel that pressure at all?
4: No. Um, yeah, not really, hey. It's sort of, it was good to get picked in a side like that, but um. Yeah, it was this extra 40 and I um, yeah, really enjoyed it, but no real pressure, I feel, I don't think.
2: As being a young player in the squad, um, Emre, how have you found, how you, I was at, I believe it's your first full pre-season with the team, how how did you uh, find the experience and wh- what did you enjoy about it?
3: Um, it's been good so far. Um, a lot of boys, yeah, um, they're sort of treating me like I've been here for a while now, so that's helped me out a lot. Um, learned a lot of things over the off-season and the pre-season. Um and now it's just time to put it into games.
2: Yeah, For you, Jack, um, similar situation obviously coming out of the under-20s where you had some some pretty good success there um, before. For you, what's it been um, most rewarding and, and challenging for you?
4: Um, yeah, it's been great this, my first pre-season. Obviously, like you said, very challenging, but um, it's good. I've got some guys like Papa, Taps and Smell there, some really quality back rowers who... I've sort of got to do my apprenticeship under and learn from them the whole process.
1: You spoke about those guys. Do they come in and offer you advice, or is it a bit of you coming up to them and, and answering questions? Maybe even outside, like in social situations. How does it all? How's the communication with the, with the bigger I boys? A
4: bit of both, actually. Like if I have a question, I definitely go up to them, or if I want some help with some extras, like they'll come help me do that. But just little things as well. While we're training, they'll come over and tip me up on something that um. Yeah, they think I could do better, which is good.
2: Same for you, Emre. Obviously, you've got some guys in your position, like Shannon Boyd, Junior Paulo, um, Danamis Louie, guys of lots of experiences. Have you sort of been able to, to learn off them a little bit as well?
3: Yeah, a lot of those guys, you know, they're bigger bodies and they get out big minutes so I try to base my game around them and, and see what they do and they play big minutes and do really well so I just try to follow their footsteps
2: One thing about being a younger player in a squad like this and, and any NRL squad, uh, particularly when you're a forward is you've probably got to bide your time a little bit more before you get an opportunity. Is that the way you guys look at it? I mean obviously you see someone like Nick Kotrick um, doing the things he's doing at the moment in, in the NRL playing on the wing but if a forwards is is it a little bit different in terms of you know being able to get a chance to come in
3: yeah it is but um look you know these days doesn't really matter if you're fit and ready to go then I think you should you know have a crack and you know if you don't if you're not putting yourself out there and giving yourself a go then you know it's probably not probably not the best thing for you
1: get a good hit out in the trial game at the start of the year
3: uh, yeah, yeah that played, was good. You? Yeah, you we both played,
1: played, yeah. yeah. How would you find going up against the bigger bodies and, and the pace of, I mean, it was a trial, but how was? How'd you find the pace and and, the, and run, 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 running up against the bigger boys? and yeah. Were the hits, was there more intensity in the tackles? and? Um, was, it was, there, was there talk from the other club as well? There
4: was definitely a lot of intensity there because um, obviously it's a trial game coming up to round one, so everyone sort of jockeying for those spots. But um, it was nice and humid up there in Sunshine Coast and, yeah, there was some good contact and... Yeah, I only got like thirty minutes or something. But I was spoke still...
1: to to Brad Fitler once and asked him what was it like playing your first grade debut. And he goes, "As a, as a junior, you just you think these big guys are going to kill you, and then you realise you take your first hit up and you go, 'That's okay. I'm not, not going to die. I can actually, I can do this. This is going to be okay.'" Yeah. Was it was it like that? What about for you, Ray? Was it the yeah, same like that?
3: I think if you just look at it as everyone's human, you know, no one's no one can do something, you know, spectacular. You know, everyone has the same ability, so that's the way I look at it, and you know works, yeah.
4: I sort of had a a moment like that you were speaking about with um, similar to Freddie there in the pre-season here when we started doing the wrestling and I was sort of running into the contact and I was being able to handle a little bit. And I sort of yeah, you get that. That'll human.
1: spike your confidence. Walking away saying, jeez that's probably as hard as it could probably get." And, and you, I can do this. And
2: you guys are playing both playing for Mounties at the moment, so you're getting that experience up against uh, older players, experienced players, and playing alongside experienced players as well. So I'm, I'm sure that that's been enjoyable for you guys for the first few weeks this year.
3: Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of guys that we've that have been around first grade for a while, and that you know that helps us toughen up. They you know they got good contact into us. That helps us, yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. Let's find a little bit about more about you too, Ray, First of all, tell us where you grew up and and how you got started in rugby league.
3: Um, so, I was born in Sydney. Um, grew up uh, around East Lakes area. Um, started playing soccer when I was little. Until I was about seven, I sort of didn't play much sport. And then mum was like, "Oh, why don't you try footy?" I was about ten years old then. And I said, "All right, sweet." Gave it a go. I had a really good coach at the time. He got me into shape, and, and I really love footy since then.
2: Yeah. So your mum actually got you into footy because normally in rugby league it's the reverse. The mums are the ones saying, "Oh, maybe you should play soccer or yeah. something else." So you've got double
1: Turkish descent. Yeah. yeah. So so your parents are first generation.
3: Oh uh, well, mum was. Were born they born over there? No, mum was born here. Dad was born there.
1: Okay. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. Like being being of a ethnic. Yeah, yeah. Background. like We had Nicky Cottridge in a few weeks ago. like His mum never really knew what rugby league was. Yeah. I totally relate to that. Myself, being a Eastern European, I played as a junior. My mum wasn't really sure about. how yeah, it was. Like yeah. It a bit of a rough man sport. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really interesting that your mum got you into it. How, yeah. how did that come about? Mum,
3: she's loved footy since she was little. So, yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, so she got me into That's it. That's awesome. And yeah, yeah I
2: never look back. So you, you played your junior footy, I think you were at South Sydney uh, in the under-18s before you got an opportunity to come to Canberra. What, what made you make the decision? to move down here and play?
3: Um so my parents are big believers that if you move away from home early you make you a better person. So as soon as I got the it's offer the to European come, coming out. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> so if I come down to Canberra, you know, it's not too far away from home and I can focus on myself and focus on my footy.
2: Yeah, beautiful. Well, Jack, your uh, story is a little bit different. You've um, played in the Raiders Junior Ranks, but you came f- to us uh, from the South Coast. And to- Tell us about growing up and playing footy down there.
4: Um, so, yeah, I was born in Batemans Bay, the South Coast of New South Wales. Really nice um, spot down there to grow up. Um, always hanging around the beach with my mates and stuff when I was younger, bodyboarding, surfing and that. Um, played my junior footy for the Milton Dollar Bulldogs, just up from Batemans Bay there. And then... Um, Sort of played all the way through to about 16s, and my mum my moved up to Jeringong, so I moved up there with her, and ended up linking up with the Jeringong Lions, played under 18s, and um, played first grade there under Mick Cronin, won a premiership. What was that the experience mm. like?
2: He, he's a, he's probably one of the, the best centres to ever play the game, and what was it like learning from him?
4: Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty amazing, actually, having someone like as, who was as good a player as him, like a big star, like... To have him as a mentor and help me out every week, bring me into first grade down there it was awesome. So yeah, I was always at the beach when I was a kid. I um, did the nippers and all that. Um, was a qualified lifeguard at one point. I only ever saved one person,
2: but <laughs> you would have, did you yeah. did you help out Sia when we were on the Sunshine Coast? <laughs> <laughs> I was having a laugh from the beach. I
4: think yeah, the other guys do it, but um, yeah, I go all right at the surfboard corner. I don't get get back there to do it that much anymore. But I'd say if I um.
2: Go back there, I could probably have a crack at it. Emery, you're probably not a surfer, but skateboard, Western Sydney. No, yeah. no, no, I'm Eastern Summer. Eastern that's east, east, yeah. So east. you're a beach man too, probably. Yeah, going I am. Up. Yeah, always
3: well, at the beach as well,
1: yeah. And some lattes there, mate. No. <laughs> <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you find your way into football? Like coming in from the coast, obviously, a lot of a uh, lot of distraction there. You know, well, we won't call it distraction, but a lot of, plenty to do down at the coast yeah. town surfing, um, you know, um, kids getting together, playing ball sports. What? How'd you catch the rugby league bug So
4: I started with soccer, actually. Another one. Um, yeah, I started with soccer, and I think I remember my parents telling me I used to go right at soccer, and then it got to the point where there was maybe three or four kids when I was younger. They'd just all get around me and stop me getting the ball, and I'd had a bit of a cry about it at one point, and they said, <laughs> we'll get you into a sport where you can sort of get back into them. In yeah. defense and that, so I joined footy and never looked back, pretty much.
1: That was almost how the game of rugby league evolved, okay, from soccer, so soccer so picking it up you. and then getting frustrated, and it's, <laughs> it's smashing. Yeah. Now,
2: Emre, your parents own an absolutely awesome... Turkish food shop in uh, in Sydney. Tell us a little bit about that. Do, yes. you, do you get in there and help out and, and help out when you when you get an opportunity. Yeah,
3: so when we first opened the, the shop in bankstown, um, I was I was, like when we needed to, I'd come in and just little things like take orders and clean tables here and there. Um, and then it sort of took off and then we opened the second shop and now don't really need me. You know, he's got his own people there running the shop, so. But yeah, it's really good. There's one in Gregory Hills and one in Banks. What are they called? Give them a plug. What's up, brothers. So look it up
2: and get down have a feed.
1: Turkish cuisine, huh? Yeah. What's your so favourite? did, help them. You your favourite did help them.
2: What's your favourite kebab? What's <laughs> your favourite combination? Because I'm a chicken with a lot. Garlic sauce, chilli sauce. Nah, there's a,
3: um, there's a feed called the What's Up Box, so... That's the one you got to go for. What's in the WhatsApp box? It's a chips, chicken sauce. Oh, it's packed. Sounds good. (laughs) It's no hummus.
2: Where's the hummus, mate? That's the protein, mate. (laughs) What do you guys like to get up away from from footy, Jack? What is it for you that when you when you're not when you're not around the training paddock? What do you like to do?
4: Um, Well, I guess probably hang out with my mates and that. Don't mind jamming a bit of PlayStation, yeah, Yeah, Call of Duty, and that. um, golf every now and then i'm not too good at that <laughs> <laughs>
3: what about you am um i'll probably just when i can i head back to sydney and spend time with my parents and my sisters and see my maids here and there how
2: many about... how many in your family i've
3: got three sisters and then mum and dad so it's good i get looked after all the girls older <laughs> older or younger i got one older sister and then two younger yep. sisters yeah
1: so you're in that middle period in the middle yeah without sounding boring i want to get back to the footy stuff um when you, when you get put into a roster, a first-grade roster, what's that like, just on a, on a more of a humane level, knowing that, wow, I'm actually on the path here to potentially fulfil a career at rugby league. You know, you've already played junior reps in New South Wales, the Kangaroos, and on that large step now to try and, you know, get get yourself into a full-time squad, what's that, what's that like? You know, like, what kind of buzz does that bring?
4: Um, yeah, it's awesome just knowing that, um, being acknowledged and getting the chance to um, step up and train full-time with grade, but... um I think you really realize when you get up here how hard everyone works um, day in day out and um, yeah I reckon you just got to remember even though we're up here training with grades still a long way to go and lots to learn so yeah you just got to keep our heads down and work hard.
2: We we the same,
4: Yeah it's the same
3: here you know you realize once you come into the environment it's it's pretty much a full-time job you're here from nine to five some days and you know everyone works really hard and you know you just got to put yourself out there and do your best every day
2: Has Ricky spoken to you guys about where he sees you fitting in at the moment and potential of maybe you know going to that next level at some stage or is he just trying to keep you a little bit grounded at the moment
4: um, oh, Obviously I guess probably be looking to play me on edge in the middle or something maybe I'm not sure but um, yeah, he's trying to keep us a bit grounded, I guess. Because just... you've
2: been named in the extended squad, I think, there uh, once so far this year, so it must be comforting to see that you're on the radar at least.
4: Yeah, it's good to see that. Um, I guess you just got to see that and take some confidence from it and just um, keep working hard in the New Cup and just hone in your game, I guess. And when the opportunity comes, you've got to be ready.
1: Mate, you're on that page of Big League magazine, you're just one step closer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, boys, really appreciate you guys coming out and having a chat to us today. A couple of young guys, good role models for the club, and we're looking forward to seeing you develop into a couple of NRL superstars. So thanks for having a chat, and good luck uh, playing this weekend. Yeah.
1: Thanks, man. I'm coming for a kebab soon, too, by the way. Yeah. What's up, brothers? What's, What's up, up brothers? brothers? All the Sydney listeners? Yeah. Want one more plug? Tell a memory sent you. and
3: Gregory Hills. Tell a memory I sent you. <laughs>
1: On the Behind the Limelight podcast, we present Forever Green. We talk to players from the past that wore the lime green jersey with pride, passion, and plenty of courage. This week on the Forever Green segment, we don't talk to a rugby league personality, we talk to a musician. We talk to a guy who goes by the name of Les Gok. He played lead guitar for the Australian award-winning rock band, Hush. So you're probably thinking, why are we talking to a musician on the Canberra Raiders podcast? Well, he's the man behind the Green Machine song, Les Gok. Hi, hey, how are you? Not too bad, Liz. Yourself? you really great. Okay, Les Gock, you're the man responsible for the Green Machine song. You wrote it, you recorded it. How did it all come about?
0: Uh, look, I had, a, uh, I, I had a business for um, like 30 years writing jingles, and you know, we built a, you know, it was all pretty successful. But anyway, uh, somewhere around 1988, uh, I got a call... And someone said, oh, look, the Canberra Raiders football team, you know, we we think we need a song, you know, like a, and I said, oh, you're kidding. That's great. Uh, you know, I wrote things like This Goes Without a Suzanne, I wrote, mm. um, you know, the decor aging or oh, really? and different things and all that stuff. Uh, but writing for um, a football team, writing a foot, footy song, that's something special. I said, yeah, cool, I'd yeah,
1: love to do it, you know. With being a right brain creative like yourself, you sit down, you look for inspiration, you look for um, some connotations linked to that football club. What was it for the Canberra Raiders that you, you drew inspiration from to write the lyrics for it?
0: I just wanted something that everyone, you know, firstly, it, it needs to be something that that is nice and simple so the kids can sing along mm. with and mum and dad, everyone can, can enjoy it. I mean, the Raiders are a, a, like a family team, mm. you know, back to the days when I used to play in, in Hush. We loved playing Canberra. It was fantastic. Wow. It was uh, you know, great gigs down there. Uh, I remember uh, one of the first gigs I ever did was in front of, I think it was like 15,000 people at, for Canberra Day. Um, so, you know, very memorable times. But anyway, uh, so I wanted to do something that was kind of pretty, that everyone could get behind, but I wanted it to be pretty tough too. Mm. Back then, of course, Mal, Big Mal was uh, in the team and you know, Ricky, and there were some big, big boys there, and uh, they were, and they were pretty fearsome. So, the Green Machine, on the other hand, you know, green doesn't sound like a very tough colour. Yeah. You know, so I, it needed some extra stick just to to sort of go, okay, you don't mess with the Green Machine. We're bad at me, the Green Machine. We hit them hard, so they see green. I mean, guys, uh, and, um, and I wanted to to, to to sound kind of a battle cry, I wanted to, to sound a bit scary for, you know, when the other team walks on the, the, the paddock, and then all of a sudden Green Machine, and we say, you know, we're going to hit you. That's pretty... Um, you know, New Zealand Haka, it's it, it's uh, oh,
1: it's How would it take you to kinda of pen that and pen the concept, the melody, the whole approach, the whole aesthetic of the song?
0: So as soon as I got off the phone I just uh, I just sat down and got into it and uh, I thought, Oh, this is cool. I hope I hope everyone likes this because I really like
1: it. Everyone oh, knows the great. Green Machine song and it was I think it was a first of its kind because it pioneered from the usual jingle that um, you know, the kind of the man from Snow River type of like very common in the AFL theme songs. Mm-hmm. So that was rugby league started that way as well. That identity that that produced at Raiders with your Mao Meningas, your Brent Todds, your Glen Lazaruses of the world, Dean Lance back then as well, that really just gave the Canberra Raiders that huge identity. But
0: the Canberra Raiders were, were a new club, mm-hmm. um, and they could, um, have a, a whole new, fresh, way of doing things. And that's what, I, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want other kind of old-school anthem, you know, Saints Go Marching In and
1: all that kind of mm. stuff. So once you wrote the lyrics and the melody, was it a matter of just strapping on the guitar and w- wailing the axe out and just coming up with a riff? Was that just something you had maybe in, in the reserve bank or it just came up spur of the moment it's, when you had the aesthetic? Sort of, that's,
0: that's basically what I did. I, I just basically had that platform. Uh, once Once you get the first line, uh you know we're bad and mean green machine once once you get that line then everything starts to just pour out from there because it's just uh wrote itself in itself kind of really poetic it's a great great couple of words to use green machine it's fantastic
1: so the recording process uh you would have gone into the studio with the full band set up can you remember the whole process of the the day going into the studio and cutting down the layers and cutting down the tracks
0: Absolutely. So we went to uh, a place called Albert Studios, which was owned by the Albert's Record Group. Mm. And Albert's uh, has ACDC, has, you know, John Paul Young and uh, uh, Rose Tattoo and, you know, all Choir the, Boys the, all and all of those. You know, it's a whole tradition of, of uh, Oz Rock history, which is mm. so fantastic studios to, to work in. So we went in there. I got uh, the best rock and roll players in town. And then uh, I got a whole bunch of singers. Because I wanted to be not just one singer, but the lead uh, lead singer was a guy called Mark Williams, mm. uh, who's currently the uh, he's the lead singer of Dragon at the moment, and uh, and he was a great, yeah, he's just got such a great voice. So Mark uh,
1: Williams is the main vocal on that song. Yeah, wow, uh, didn't know that. Mm. Yeah, there's a bit. Didn't of truth. know that. Mm.
0: So um, wow. uh, the, the session was great, and you know when it's. You know, when it's working, when everyone just has a great time and has a bit of a laugh and, and it just all goes down easily, it's it's not a struggle. Um and uh we just kept layering it and layering it and uh it could have kept going, you know, really. Mm. Except it's just this is lovely and raw, yet it's still got plenty of colour and all that to it. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh yeah, no, that's uh, it's great recognition now, so he on to, to have a chat to you about it.
1: And now uh, we're hearing a little birdie saying that you're coming down to the game this week.
0: You know, I, I got a call, uh, which was fantastic, uh, just to say if, if I would uh, pop down this week and if I would be uh, an ambassador. And I said, fantastic. I said, that's great. But I said, uh, what would be even better is if I could strap on a guitar and get some of my mates and maybe play the song live. Wow. So uh um, Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. So so uh everyone said yeah <laughs> so um yeah we've you know, got them to organise the whole you know, the amps and things and, and we're just gonna crank it up and, and um uh, we'll play a couple of songs but, um just to to warm things up. But this will be great. This will be the first time ever, as far as I know. Yeah. Uh that it's well, certainly, first time I've ever played it live. I don't know if anyone else has ever played it live.
1: There's been many attempts. There's been yeah. different incarnations, different versions of the Green Machine song uh, put out. There's a bloke called uh, Chad Croker down here in Canberra who plays it quite often at, at a pub. The bloke's like Kiwi G's tried, like I said, myself of all, tried an incarnation, but to hear the horse from the horse's mouth, the guy that created it, the guy that produced it, coming from the fingers of that guitar, for the first time ever in 30 years, this is going to be big.
0: Yep. Yeah, I have one setting uh, on uh, my guitar, and that's uh, as loud as humanly possible. So it's going to be an incarnation of the original song. A bit of a surprise. It'll be a bit of a surprise, but it's really going to rock out.
1: The song, it's brought so much joy to, to kids. It's one of those songs that just hits every generation. And it's the boys still run out to it to this day. And I can tell you personally, it still gives me those goosebumps when I hear that song and a current squad come out. Les Gok, thank you very much for your time.
0: Thank you, my pleasure. See you there. Don't try stop.